It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back. Talking Knicks squad. We are back continuing our player profile and projection. Today, we have one of the more fun ones, and I think kind of a total wild card on this team. Tame. We'll see if defenses can tame them. It's point guard Trey Burke. Talk about a wild path. I'm, I'm joined today by Tommy Piccolo before, before we fully dive into Trey. Tom, how you doing today, brother? Doing well, Jake. Try and tame me on this pod. That's going to be the trouble. Ooh, ooh, that was, <laughs> that was a little Ray Romano humor. I, li- I like that. Yeah, t- try to tame me. That, was that my Ray Romano voice? Anyways, let's the Trey Burke story. So if, if you don't know, um, this guy goes back to University of Michigan. They kind of rode his coattails. I want to say that was one of the years they went to the ship. Uh, he gets drafted ninth overall in 2013 and sent to Utah, a team that had been uh, thirsty for that point guard play for a while. He comes out, he plays 20 games, he's 20 games, 70 games, excuse me. He starts 68 of them, 32 minutes a night. And let's be honest, he has a point guard rookie year. His, uh, his efficiency numbers aren't that great, um, but he averages 13 and six. As a 21-year-old 20, rookie in the league, that next year they draft Exum. I think that's when the team kind of started being a little better than they expected. Uh, Gordon Hayward, etc. cetera. Uh, his starts go down to 43. He plays in 76 games. Um, and the efficiency numbers go down, which I, I don't think they were expecting that in his sophomore season. He still puts up a 13 and a four spot. And then that third year, which is a big year for a lot of NBA guys, 21 minutes. He averages 10 and two, uh, still not the efficiency they're looking for. Uh, he ends up in Washington, his fourth season. He's getting 12 minutes a night. He's buried behind wall and Beal, but a Washington team that's been begging for bench help for the past three, four years. So, putting up five and two and it's you know we're coming up on fight or flight time for a guy's NBA career he ends up in the D League Tom where he the G League excuse me I was Uh, gonna say but actually before we get to the G League I I want to make a couple notes on just on Trey Burke's path because it is a really interesting one and uh you know for that year in Washington like you mentioned they that team that Wizards team has always struggled so much when John Wall was off the court it was always kind of like a Russell Westbrook and OKC situation where they were just dying for a backup point guard to run the show. And you kind of want to point to, to the coaching and say, oh, he wasn't able to, to you know, get that out of, uh, of Burke. But, you know, Scott Brooks has had success with backup point guards before and OKC with Reggie Jackson. And, um, and then even going back to, to Utah, Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in the league. So it's, you really can't blame it too much on the situation, I don't think. I, I, maybe it's just Trey Burke wasn't mentally or physically ready to be an NBA player at that time. He's very small. They list him at 6'1", 185. But I think 
you know, you watch him on, on video, he looks smaller than that. So it, um, it's just very possible. It takes a long time for these smaller guards to, to understand how to use their bodies, how to use their quickness to, to, to get the right angles and, and excel in this league. So, um, yeah, knowing that, take us through what, what happened last season. Yeah, the, the listed at 6'1", 191 seems pretty, pretty 5'11", 180-ish um, in shoes. But, yeah, and Tom, part of what you talked about there, I think there's a couple main things I want to go at that'll, that'll be reoccurring themes. It is his size. Um, and something that I always I feel like I'm yamming away at and you're going to hear it a lot during these uh, player profile projections, is that the point guard position is the hardest to adapt to NBA, to college, to NBA, or high school to NBA, however you do it. Um, just Because you kind of have the keys to the kingdom, and everyone else around you has now gotten a lot better. Um, and figuring that out takes time. For, for some guys, it's a lot of time. For some, it's not. But And for the guys who do get it right away, it's usually because they're just – physical freaks, right? It's your, your Derek Rose, John Wall. I mean, Ben Simmons, if you want to count him as a point guard, many do like these guys are just monsters, right? They're, they're big for their position. They're fast, they're athletic. And that's not really what Trey Burke's game was about. Right. But he, and even guys like Dennis Smith Jr. comes in last year. I mean, he has a nice season, but the efficiency and stuff you're looking for and how it ends up looking, I mean, rookie point guards, you're, you're going to see a lot more rookie big men have success than rookie point guards. No stats to back that up. But anyways, let's go to Trey Burke. So he gets let go, and he finds himself in the G League. And again, who, who knows if this is just general <laughs> reporting from around the league, if this is you know guys kind of guessing. But a lot of people were saying that he rededicated himself to the game of basketball. And you kind of have to believe that from going to a guy starting 68 games your rookie year to three years later almost being out of the league. So he goes to the G League and he lights it up, Tom. 26 games. He's averaging 26.6 points, 5.3 assists, three rebounds, two steals. He's shooting 52% from two, 42% from three. Um, and then... The Knicks bring him up. They they say, hey, I, I think we can use that guy. Uh, he ends up playing in 36 games. He gets nine starts. The minutes come out to 22 minutes per night. Ends up shooting 50% from the field. Uh, 36 from three on three attempts. Uh, 55% from two on eight attempts. And he goes back, <laughs> and this is a, one, of, one of those silly things if you're a stat geek. He averages 12.8 points, which was the amount he averaged his first two years in the league after his kind of falling out, which is just a little something for me that digs into my stat nerdiness. But 12.8, 4.7 helpers, um, two boards. This this guy, there was games last year when it was the Trey Burke show for the Knicks, Tom. There were many games where Trey Burke was the best offensive player on the court. Um, not even just on the Knicks, just in general on the court. He was, he was extremely impressive. And uh, I think it was, it, was a, it was such a welcome surprise for Knicks fans who, you know, after Kristaps went down, it was just so bleak. So just to have that kind of – he was such a, a spark of, of energy and uh, some actual enthusiasm for the Garden to see, to see this little guy kind of taking on the Giants. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
Um, I think it's it's very in vogue for for analysts to wonder if it, what he did last season was sustainable. If you get into like his shot profile, meaning you know where his uh, his shots came from, did it come did they come at the rim? Did they come from three, or did they come from that mid range, which we all know is a less efficient area? And and Trey Burke was, I mean, he lived, he feasted in the mid range. Um, I, I have this stat here. So eighty five players last year took at least 160 mid-range jumpers. Burke ranked second of those 85 players, shooting 53.6% from mid-range, just barely trailing Chris Paul, who was at 53.9. So he was better than Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, just, I mean, all the guys who you think as, as some of the best shooters, he was he was better than all of them. It was, it was really an outrageous shooting season. And even when you go through his, uh, his video, you see him, he did great in the pick and roll. A lot of it was just pulling up from the mid-range. So people are wondering, is that sustainable? Certainly it has room to, to come back down to earth a little bit, but I think that really is part of his game. I think he is an excellent mid-range shooter, kind of like a DeMar DeRozan, just several inches shorter. And uh, if he can make it work for him, Chris Paul's made it work for him for, for a decade now. So it's not to say it's not doable, right? Yeah, and Tom, we... We're, we're going to have some high moments on this on this pod when you say the only person ahead of him is Chris Paul. And, hey, if you're a six-foot point guard trying to remodel your game to get back in the league, I think Chris Paul is <laughs> uh, A, where you start. Um, so, it, But at the same time, and let's be real, that probably comes back to earth, especially with defenses knowing that this year. Um, you almost picture <laughs> coaches coming into the last month of the year saying, yeah, Trey Burke shooting almost 60% from the mid-range. That, that'll come down. Don't worry about it. And now, if you're going to be game planning for Trey Burke, you have to. And cir- circling back to kind of wrapping up last year, Tom, the last two months, March and April, 20 games played, this guy averages 14, 14 and a half points and about six assists. Um, playing playing a little under 30 minutes. So he really did find a big role on this team. And he's one of the players that you you have to be a, more excited about on this team. Um, and I, I think one more dynamic, well, A, the fact that he's a scorer, but B, the fact that you can play Trey Burke with, something, with somebody like uh, Frank Nitty or Courtney Lee or Tim, Tim Hardaway Jr., and I think you can hide him on defense a little more instead of being like Trey Burke, you have to guard the other team's point guard or scoring two or whoever it is. I think they have some guys that you can hide him on D a little more or, or on offense you can almost use him as more of a two guard at times if you really need a bucket. Well, Jake, yeah, you, you said it. So offensively, there, there are a few things. We, we talked about his shooting um, particularly his mid-range shooting. It, it is a little troubling to me that like his first couple seasons, he was averaging about five threes a game. Um, and that's dropped to, I mean, it dropped to three. Granted, he's playing fewer minutes this past season. But, um, you know, he shot 36% on almost three uh, three-pointers attempted per game. It's solid. It's not great. But uh, the fact that he can play off the ball and like defenses have to respect him behind the line, that's, that's all a plus, right? Like you're not giving that respect to Frank. You're not giving that respect to Moutier. So uh, Trey is one of the few guys who you have to guard behind the line if you're a defender. 
Um, the other thing is even more just as impressive as his shooting, I'd say, it was his playmaking. You've sort of picked at it a couple times. I mean, he was a great distributor. You said you mentioned the 4.7 assists per game, and that doesn't really even do it justice. Um, one stat I have here is when he was on the court, he assisted on 33% of his team's assists. Uh, so that's 13th in the league. Out of 235 players who played at least 20 minutes per game, so that's 235 players who did that. Trey Burke ranked 13th in assist percentage. It's, it, it's pretty outstanding what he was, he was able to create for his teammates like that. Um, I, I have some, uh, some other stats on that. So, so B-Ball Index is the, is the new site I'll be writing for this upcoming season. Um, they're able to calculate different categories. So that's like perimeter shooting, one-on-one play, playmaking. And, uh, and when I go to the filter – of distributors. Trey Burke is considered a distributor as his offensive role. There were 196 distributors last season. Trey Burke ranked in the 97th percentile in playmaking, which is just amazing. Like that, that's, he's, you know, top five in the league in playmaking. It's, it's if he's able to sustain that, that's what I'd be more impressed to see than the mid-range shooting. Yeah, it's a lot of... <laughs> a lot of really interesting things around Trey Burke. There's a lot of positive numbers that you can, you can really get excited for. And I think Tom, I mean, it, it's, it's time for us to put up or shut up a little bit. Um, and I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll go first. Cause I'm assuming I'm going to be a little more gung ho. I think we're going to see a lot of Trey Burke and I think it's going to be good. Um, there's another point guard. I mentioned there was one other kind of flashy comparison that I was going to throw at you guys. And it's Kyle Lowry. If, if you dig through Kyle Lowry's career, who, by the way, another about six-foot six flat point guard, uh, Kyle Lowry didn't really figure it out until his age 27 season in Toronto. Uh, he, he took a couple teams. It took him kind of trying to find his niche. And then when he did, he became this 18-point-per-game per kind of player, 21-point-per-game kind of player. But if you look at Kyle Lowry, his first one, two, three, four, five, six, I mean, we're talking Memphis and Houston. He really didn't have it figured out. And I, I think we can see a lot of that from Trey Burke, a player who's the same stature. Um, I think it's gonna we're going to ease into those numbers a little more. But maybe we don't because, Tom, there's a quote-unquote backcourt back um, glut on, on the Knicks this year. Yes. But when you're Coach Fisdale and you're looking down the bench and you need buckets and you need someone who's a threat on offense and your options are Frank, Moutier, and Trey Burke, I mean, I think Trey Burke is going to be head and shoulders above those other two guys, what he can do on the offensive end. Am I wrong? No, certainly offensively. And I think the, uh, the Kyle Lowry comparison as, as sort of like a best-case scenario is, is potentially a good one on offense. I think a lot of uh, Lowry's value came from the fact that he was a two-way player, and he's so strong, like just, just built differently than Trey Burke. Um, that he, he's able to defend guys who are much bigger than him. He doesn't get he doesn't get punished on that end, end of the floor. Trey Burke, as as high as I've been on him this whole pod, like he did really struggle on defense. Um, 
going back to these b-ball index stats on perimeter defense he was he's in the 29th percentile so he graded out to a d among distributors and then a c plus on interior defense he, he had an f in defensive rebounding um so he uh he definitely is at this point a liability on that end as, as strong of an, as, of an offensive player as he is um but like you said he is going to be the best offensive option in the in the sort of the point guard role and he can play alongside guys like you said who will be able to take on the the tougher defensive assignment right so frank could match up against the better perimeter uh, offensive player on the other team you could play burke with with a lot of other guys you could play him with tim hardaway jr if you want to go like i mean even burke courtney lee and tim hardaway jr as your kind of one two three like that's going to be a strong shooting backcourt uh, that that's going to provide a lot of spacing. So, um, yeah, I, I think the the nice thing is that Burke is a versatile player offensively. He can be off the ball. He can be on the ball and create. He can create for himself and others. So, I mean, the more players you have like that, the better. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, and I it it's got me thinking about Manny Moutier a lot, just because I mean Frank Frank is going to get his minutes, whether it's at <laughs> a one, two, or three position this year. Uh, another guy who seem, seemingly is going to grow an inch every other month this year. Frank, Frank's up to 6'8". But, um, yeah, I think Trey and Moutier are going to be the guys fighting for minutes. And I guess in my head, I, I've, I've got Trey kind of beating him out for what the Knicks are going to need this year. Um, Man, I, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about Moutier in a uh... – a PPP, depending on when this gets released, it may have already happened, but I'll make it clear on that pod too, that Burke is a much better player than Moutier. I mean, I, I will say I gave you some of those, so those rough statistics uh, for, for Burke on defense, but I watched him play. And one of the first things I said was, man, this, this guy tries, like it was not a lack of effort. He was fired up. And you talked about him sort of finding that or rediscovering that love of the game which is definitely something that could happen. If you, you know, if you were just take something you were amazing at your entire life and then you just all of a sudden are struggling for a few years, I'm sure it is very easy to, to fall out of love for that to become just a job. And uh, the, the fact that he rediscovered, refound his passion for it, that was huge. And it showed on the court too. He wasn't just dying on screens. He has physical limitations, but the dude busted his ass. And I, I always appreciated that. More so than Moutier did, right? Like Moutier, oh, yeah. I think, is just a – I don't want to write him off as a lost cause yet. I want to see what he's able to do this season. But I just don't think he has the mindset, despite having a lot more of the physical gifts than Trey Burke. Segwaying off that, let's, let's hit our close, Tom. Let's money, money where your mouth is. Trey Burke, this – you know this is going to be an interesting one for me because I, I like to get – I like to push the envelope with these. How about Oh, this is going to put you in a tough spot. Bring it what on. if I what if I gave you an over under of 20 for points and assists? 20 for points and assists. Okay. Um so he was so that'd be like a 14 and 6 situation. 14 and 6, 15 and 5, approximate. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that feels that feels pretty right. Uh, man, you're good at setting these lines. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I'm, I took the over on the Hazonia pod, whether, whenever that comes out, but, uh, not, not to be full on Nick's optimist, but I'm going to go over on this one too. I think he's going to win over Fizdale with his effort and that he's going to be getting a lot of minutes. They're going to need an offensive punch without Kristaps in, without Beasley being that, that secondary scoring option too, who carried the, the second unit so many times. Um, I could see Trey Burke being more so in that role. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the over closer to the, uh, the 15 and six route. Yeah. I really like that, Tom. And it's know what the kind of scary part is. It makes sense. Like if you look at how we played last year and you translate to what that could be for a full season with the Knicks, I mean, that that's what the numbers kind of come out to. And that's, that's what he was doing towards the end of last year. Um, and, in the five April games, he averaged 14.2 and 6.6. He averaged 14.9 and 5 and 4 in March. So I, with a lot of the same pieces, the only thing is, I mean, at that part of the season, Courtney Lee wasn't getting too many minutes because he had kind of been factored out. Um, but like I said, I think this is one of the guys you, you can be gung-ho on and you have the numbers to back it up. It's not just saying – well, I, I think Trey Burke can take, take a leap because I think he could shoot a little better and something like that. This guy showed it towards the end of last year. He's going to have the opportunity. I, I think, again, this, this team is going to be looking for buckets from wherever they can get buckets, and Trey Burke's going to be that guy. So I'll, I'll hit the over with you too. Maybe we'll both get to the loony bin. Uh, a little last negative take before I, I let you send us off would be you could see Trey Burke getting lost in the mix a little bit. If if Frank if Frank does take a bit of a leap this year and he's demanding point guard minutes, and then you have Courtney Lee, uh, Tim Hardaway fighting for minutes at the two, that could be a tough spot for Trey Burke. So I, I guess that's the negative. But what's 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 a final thought from you, Tom? Well, I think that Lee and Hardaway will both be needing to play a lot of wing minutes, just like at, at the three position, because I don't think there's a whole lot of options there at the three. But, um, you know, one thing I'm really interested to hear when we discuss on the uh, upcoming season preview is what it what these over-unders mean, right? So, like, will Trey Burke going above 20 combined points and assists, I don't think any of us think that will necessarily translate to winning basketball <laughs> games, right? But it's like, so is that, what's the goal, though? Is it is it more so just to see that development, that individual development as a player and to... I, like I've been saying before, build a culture of kind of like what the Sixers were doing during the process, right? Brett Brown gets a lot of credit for getting those guys to play hard, right? They weren't winning games, but they were running schemes. They were doing things on offense that were kind of different, running like different uh, handoff, different plays, right? So um, I'm curious to see if, first of all, what Knicks fans are expecting and what they want, like what's the best case scenario versus um kind of what we uh what we are hoping to see right um yeah so so trey burke he has a great season what is he on on a winning team the next time the knicks are a successful team will trey burke be a part of that and what will his role be on that team versus being on this hopefully 30 win team or depending how you look at it maybe hopefully 20 win team yeah yeah um 
I I guess last, last I keep saying last thought. I guess there's one. This was just a really positive thing that entered my head. And I, this is super dark horse. I'm almost throwing it out there, so it so it could be clickbaity or make me look like a hero in six months. Are you about to say six man of the year? I wasn't going to say six man of the year. I t- if Trey Burke really puts this together, because we both said the over on 20. So what if he does put up a 16 and six? How about a most improved player potential guy? I like going that. From, going from G League to putting up those kind of numbers, you could see Trey Burke in the mix for that. Yeah, no, I, I like that call a lot, actually. Um, I, I don't know if if voters really do factor in like the team's winning percentage or if they're a playoff team, maybe that matters. Do you remember who was most improved player last season? Well, Tom, of course I do. And I'm not going to look it up right now. No, there'd be no way to, we're potting. There's no way to also look it up at the same time. Uh, so no, I can't, I know it, but I just want to see if you know it first. Um, sure, oh, okay. Sure. So th- this one last year is kind of tough for us. Oh, it was Victor Oladipo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, is this a premier award? You want to know who won in 2017? Who won in 2017? Giannis. Okay, so maybe we need to pump the brakes on this. Let's go back to sixth man of the year. Dude, most improved player is a serious thing in the NBA. Until you get Goran Dragic. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was up there. Uh, CJ McCollum. But hey, again, I I don't know. G League to 16 and 6, I, I think puts you as a candidate anyway. So and actually CJ McCollum is an interesting comp for Trey Burke. Like CJ is an, a known liability on defense. He's very small. He's he's got a couple inches on Trey, I'm sure. But he doesn't pass the ball like Trey Burke does. So I, I'd say like those sort of deficiencies uh balance out. Uh, yeah, I mean that's an interesting one. But we've you know, I I've ranted and rambled towards the end of this pod yeah. a little too much, but um, I am, I'm re- again, really curious to see what Trey Burke would be on a winning version of the Knicks in say like three seasons. Could he be a sixth man of the year type candidate, a spark off the bench to, to create offense, um, when the, when the primary ball handler is out. So we'll, we'll see. Well, I think that was talking Knicks on Trey Burke. Um, I think that was really good stuff. I'm, I'm biased, but if, if you've been listening, thank you. If you want to drop us a five-star review on the podcast app. We'd really appreciate that. Um, you know, if you're following us at Talking Knicks and all that stuff, we we truly appreciate you guys. And again, if, if you've been listening to these, thanks. If you haven't, burn through them. We, we, we've got some really good stuff. Or if you've got a Knicks buddy that's trying to play catch-up on this season, they're, uh, they're great little things to catch up. So we appreciate you, and we'll be talking to you soon. Let's go Knicks.